Welcome to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? With your host, Louisa Barton. I want to be a famous rider. Presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Truth is, I help horses with people problems. Now here's the Brit with the bit, Louisa Barton. Yeah, baby. (laughs) Welcome to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor. That would be Idaho's finest alfalfa hay. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, in the studio with me, my dear friend, Yvonne Barteau. She's guest co-hosting this week for Paulette Stout, who is out busily riding away in a competition. And uh, it's glad to have, lovely to have you back here in the studio. Glad to have you with us, Yvonne. Uh, Yvonne is with Horses Without Humans, a wonderful horse rescue organization that has 120-plus horses uh, out there at the farm, 19 of which recently were rescued. Yep. Boneyard horses, and what a phenomenal job you and Jen and the rest of your team do. So well, thank, thank you, you for being with me this week. Uh, joining us on the telephone, one of my favorite guests, the dashing and handsome, and very well educated in the horse racing world, I have Hall of Famer uh, turf writer Steve Haskin with us. It's lovely to have you with us, Steve. Well, I'm, I'm done. I mean, can only go downhill from here. <laughs> Uh, we got to have a bit of a laugh, you know. Um, let's start off by talking about what a funny year it's been in the in the world of racing. It's been uh, it's been really different. Uh, yeah, different probably better than funny because a lot of the difference is not funny. No, so, as, as as everybody knows. But um, funny is a very is a very strange used word anyway. You, you know, when you say, "Oh, he's looking at me funny." Yes. Or I feel funny, yes. or I just hit my funny bone. Yes. There's nothing funny about There's nothing funny. funny. No, you're right. <laughs> you're right. Yeah. It all depends on um, on how you use it, really. <laughs> yes, I don't like that guy. He's looking at me funny. Well, if he's looking at your funny, you should be laughing. I mean, that, that doesn't make any sense to me. So I, don't right. how, I don't know how the word funny got... Uh, yeah, used like that. But, You're right. Because uh, yes, the funny bone will make you cry. The funny, strange... Uh, yes. Often, uh, often frustrating. Yes. Year, but I mean, it, you know, first of all, I mean, it all started on, on on the racing aspect of it. I'm not talking about the Santa Anita or anything, but I mean, the whole Kentucky Derby fiasco really set the tone for the year. Yes. And you know, we've had horses, you know, getting getting injured, which is always going to happen too. But you know, trying to track down maximum security after he got disqualified, then he loses. Then he wins the Haskell, and then he's supposed to run uh, in the Travers, and he can't go there. And then he's supposed to run the Pennsylvania Derby, and he can't go there. And now the Breeders' Cup, obviously, is out. So his year got completely messed up. Yes. And it's just been it's just been that way. The older horses, you know, we don't know what to make now of, no. <laughs> of the top horses. And if you're looking for any clarity from last weekend, I mean, McKenzie at one to five, getting beat by a twenty-five to one shot, and then Mike Smith getting taken getting off, taken off him. Boys, I know. You know, which is strange. Yeah. Then you get a disqualification in the Breeders' Cup, in the uh, Jockey Club Gold Cup. Yes. And it's just so, so many bizarre things. Um, now, word came today that Code of Honor is definitely going to run, I which really that. sets things back. Um, in motion, so uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic just moved up several notches because if if 
Code of Honor didn't run, I don't know what we would have had left. You know, McKenzie now, I don't know what to make of him. We don't, still don't know how good he is at a mile and a quarter. You know, a mile and eight's his distance, and he, got, he wound up getting beat in the race. The second favorite in the race, higher power, the Pacific Classic winner stumbles at the start and loses all chance to win that race. Um, you know, we really didn't get anything from the Lucas Classic. The horse that won that race was coming from, you know, Canterbury Downs and small tracks like that. So the older horses have been very, very odd. Yes. We really have no idea what to make of them. Oh, not funny. <laughs> right, and there's not many three-year-olds no three left. And then we, you know, it's so it's such been a, such a bizarre year that you've had the favorite for the Kentucky Derby, who did not make the Kentucky Derby, That's who was right. scratched mm-hmm. the week of, but he was going to be the favorite for the Kentucky Derby, is now coming back in the Santa Anita Sprint at six furlongs. <laughs> I mean, you talk about bizarre. I mean, there's that thing. There's nothing left for him. He keeps missing races. He missed the ACAC at a mile. Yeah. Um, they couldn't get him back. So now they, their last final recourse is to run him in this end of the sprint and see what happens there. Uh, we don't know what's going on with Catholic Boy, nope. who was supposed to be one of the top horses all year. He hasn't run since July 6th. July, yep. That's right. We don't know if he's going to go for the turf. Is he going to yep. go for the dirt mile? Will they try to run in the classic or for that longer layoff? It's so many question marks, you know. There really are, and and if they ran Catholic Boy in the Classic and he won it after being laid off since July 6th, it would be a even more interesting year than it's been so far. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he comes back and he's a Travers winner. You know, he runs poorly in the Breeders' Cup. They bring him back, back on the turf, and he wins the he wins the Dixie very impressively on the grass, and then he gets beat in the Suburban, and then he has a run since. So. You know, and trying to look ahead, you know, for Horse of the Year, obviously if Code of Honor wins the Classic, he's going to have a very good shot. Yes. And then you say, well, what if Midnight Bisu wins the Breeders' Cup this day? She'll be eight for eight, and she's been traveling all over the country, so she'll probably get some votes. And then we still have to figure out where Matoli's going to run. This is a horse that's won the Met Mile, and he won the Forgo and won 20 and four-fifths, you know, just off the track record, and he set a stakes record. So he could go anyway. He could go in the sprint. He can go in the dirt mile. And we don't know where they're going to run him because he's been running now. With, he used to be a six furlong horse. Now he's a seven furlong to mile horse. You know, he's a Met Mile winner. So he's going into the Breeders' Cup cold, and they'll just have to make a decision where to run. I mean, we could, you know, there are some great matchups. So we got some very fast horses. Imperial End, who just won his last two starts. Uh, the Sandy to Sprint, we're going to have Chancelot, who set a track record uh, at Saratoga this year and then got beat um, in his next start. But I think he just bounced off that race and he was stuck on a dead rail the whole race. So we'll see what he does. He's going to be running against uh, uh, um, Omaha Beach in that race. That's going to be a very strange matchup between a pure six for a long sprinter and the favorite for the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> I know. It's in, in War of Will and Sir Winston and Country House, who won the three legs of the Triple Crown. Well, Country House has been out. Uh, Sir Winston is here in Ocala. I went to see him with his ankle problem. And War of Will hasn't come back and, and uh, done sort of what we expected. I mean, he ran an, you know, a nice race, but um, but yep. nothing, nothing fantastic. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, so it's 
it's really, I, I don't want to use the word funny ever again, but, <laughs> but it's a funny odd year. Exactly. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, if you're looking for a three-year-old that really nobody's much is mentioning, a horse that was very highly touted and was sort of a wise guy horse for the Travers was Owendale. Owendale, Brad Cox's horse, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. so, I mean, listen, he won the Lexington, he won the Ohio Derby, uh, he was a fast-closing third in the Preakness, and everybody was looking at him as the horse in the uh, in the Travers. And he, and he finished fifth, and he was beaten, he was just beaten Nips for fourth, uh, but he was beaten only five lengths, but he was stuck on a dead rail every inch of that race. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to hold that race against him. And he came back and he won the Oklahoma Derby last weekend against a pretty good field. There were some really nice three-year-olds in there. Um, he's bred for the mile and a quarter. So I, I don't know what you know, what they're going to do with him. We have had a Breeders' Cup winner. If you remember, Battle of Midway came out of a second-place finish in the Oklahoma Derby. Right. To win the Breeders' Cup third mile. So I, w I, I, I wouldn't discount Owendale if they decide to run him because he's kind of an interesting horse and do not and i know everybody's gonna say i'm crazy do not throw out tacitus <laughs> even though the poor horse can't get a break but i listen i'm not going to second guess bill mott but I, that horse is last two races where he wore blankets he's not the same horse he was way too keen too headstrong he wound up on the lead in both races which which he doesn't want to be he's a come from behind horse and it, it, it totally killed his closing punch, which he had when he won the Tampa Bay Derby, when he won the Wood Memorial. He's just had horrible luck. You yeah. know, even in the Wood Memorial that he won, he got bounced around, he got shut off and creamed in that race. He still won. He had a horrible trip in the Kentucky Derby. Still, and he, he, he got put up to third in that race. Hey. And you, 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 you look at his race in the Belmont, he was by far and away the best horse in the Belmont. If you watch that race, to lose that much ground. At Belmont Park, and the Jim Dandy stumbles coming out of the gate, makes three moves, still almost uh, is almost wins the race, uh, and, and you can't hold it against him. And then he winds up on the lead, head strong again in the Jockey Club Gold Cup, and he finished third in the race. But I still have a lot of faith in that horse. Hey, Steve, um, we got to take a really fast break. Have you got time okay. to stay with us for one more short segment? Because I'd like to talk to you about the upcoming two-year-olds and shout out to the Bulgers. Uh, our bowling friends, <laughs> Lisa and Robert, we support horse racing. I got my bracelet on for the show, as always. We'll be back in just a few minutes with Steve Haskins. Stay with us. This show is presented by Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital, one of the top equine hospitals in the USA with services including ambulatory, surgery, sports medicine, reproduction, and with doctors on call 24 hours a day. Check them out now at petersonsmith.com. The opinions of the hosts and guests on the Horse Talk Show are not necessarily that of Peterson & Smith Equine Hospital. This show is brought to you and bought by Horse Boxers USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxers USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tack Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal. Like jockey and horse, shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All In Removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. 
Like All In Removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you for Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm Louisa Barton. In the studio with me, co-hosting, I have Yvonne Barteau from Horses Without Humans, a wonderful rescue organization in Bell that's recently rescued 19 horses that were on death's door. And um, we've been following these horses and trying to get them adopted. And I, I see horses getting adopted all the time. I'm excited to see that happening. And uh, we've just been chatting to Hall of Famer, uh, our turf writer, Steve Haskin. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about the upcoming Breeders' Cup and uh, the richest weekend in horse racing in America. And uh, a very exciting weekend it is. And, uh, and we've been talking about what a funny, odd, and bizarre, not funny, funny, uh, more like smacking yourself in the funny bone, odd year that it has been in horse racing and how we've really had everything from Omaha Beach, the favorite, out um, to a disqualification. I stood four or five feet from the muddy face of the horse that was disqualified from the from the derby and waited 22 minutes to find out if he was the winner or not and then went to see him the next day in his stall and nobody seemed to care about his existence and yet he ran a heck of a race it was a derby debacle and the first time in 145 years the horse was uh, disqualified from the derby for uh, um, an infraction like that so it was a uh, it was an interesting year we had three horses in three different winners in the three legs of the triple crown races and um, none of them are really showing up now um, in anything, two of them out um, with injuries. And so it's been a, uh, a difficult year, and it's been a difficult year with the Santa Anita um, tragedies that have happened and, and a lot of poor and unwanted attention on horse racing, such a wonderful sport that we love, and um, we love the horses and the people. I've been behind the scenes to the barns and met so many good people. Um, in this industry, and I support horse racing because I, I've seen the good side of it, um, as ha my friend Steve Haskin has also. And um, uh, are there bad people in every sport? Yes, absolutely. Um, does that mean there's bad people in horse racing? I'm sure. I fortunately have not met any of them yet. Um, the people that I'm associated with work very hard to get the horses where they are, and they get some of the best attention and care I've ever seen. Um, it's very sad what's happened, and I certainly am not discounting it. Before we chat about the um, upcoming two-year-olds that Steve is excited about, I want to ask you, Steve, what do you tell people when they ask you about Santa Anita and if there is um, any kind of a, a negative connotation in what they have to say to you? How do you respond? Well, it's, yeah, it is, I mean, obviously there's a definite uh, negative connotations, you know, from people outside of racing. And unfortunately, we're starting to get negative connotations from people inside racing who are you know, sort of looking to say, you know, maybe I should not get emotionally involved. You know, I look at it from a perspective where, you know, I've, I got into racing in 1967 and the first horse I ever saw break down was Ruffian in 1975. I, I never even thought of horses breaking down. And I think, I think it's probably, it's a combination of things. I think we've, we've, we've gotten way too much uh, inbreeding. 
We've got way too much uh, two-year-old sales with horses working in nine seconds and ten seconds, which is ludicrous for a young horse to go that that fast. Um, but as far as Sandy, listen, accidents are always going to happen. If you watch f- uh, football, I, I know they're not fatal, but you know, with a human being, you can you can save a you can save a, a, a leg or a broken arm or something. You can't do that with a horse because. They depend on all four legs, obviously, and you can't you can't show an imbalance there, and you wind up with laminitis. It's just too much. But as far as what happened at San Anita, I, I think it's just a combination of things. You look at Delmar, and Delmar did not have one, you know, catastrophic breakdown at all. And Delmar has always had a history of having that. So whatever protocols they've been using have been working. And they've used the same ones now with Santa Anita, and unfortunately, they had another breakdown on national TV. Makes it even more unfortunate. And I think a part of it has to do with, you know, some of the trainers are just not good trainers, and they're sending out horses that don't belong. And part of it has to do, I think, with the, the weather they had in Santa Anita and the compulsion of racetracks now to seal racetracks at the, dro- at, at, at the drop of uh, one drop of rain. And they start sealing these racetracks. It's true. And basically, it's, and you know, in the old days, horses would run in the slop, and the track would be wet, mm-hmm. and, they, and it, some horses could handle it, and some horses couldn't. But but it was nothing. It was nothing unsafe. When you seal a racetrack, you're basically running on a wet concrete highway. Okay. And I'm not saying the horses will break down in that race, but running on that kind of a racetrack so often, as often as they did it. At San Diego, with all the rain they had, and those, that track was being sealed every single day. Yes. And I think, and I think it, it, it shows wear and tear, and I think the horses show an effect, uh, the effect of it, you know, in possibly in the next race or two races. Yeah, I think I just, they're absolutely I just, right. I just think they, they seal racetracks. They do. You're right, they when, do. <laughs> you know, when they, when, when they don't have to. Yeah. You know, let the track absorb the water. I mean, get a good racetrack. If you have a good racetrack, which is what we used to have, you know, Aqueduct, Hialeah, Gulf Stream, they're all good racetracks with good solid uh, 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 bottom to them. So the horse will splash down and then hit the cushion on the bottom. But there's, the water is on top, and it doesn't bother them. I mean, some horses obviously are not going to handle it, but horses, no. some horses would love it. Some horses don't care one way or the other. That's true. Great horses will run on anything. That's true. But, but these, but these, these sealed racetracks. I mean, I, I, there's just too many of them. I'm watching them seal at Saratoga. I was watching them seal racetracks on a sunny day, in between races, because they were running a couple of turf races. So in between the dirt races, they'd seal the racetrack and then they'd open it up. So why are you, why are you sealing it? I mean, there was a cloud in the sky. I mean, I don't, I don't understand Good it call. at all. No, I don't either. Actually, it's uh, it's that's an that's an interesting topic right there. I might have to look into that a little bit more. I think you've got a really good point. You're right. They're crazy about sealing racetracks here. And you're right. The horse maybe you know if he Ameri- look at American Pharaoh running in the in the Preakness through all that slop and he didn't care and he won anyway. Exactly. You know. So I mean, a good horse can run in the wet and if he can't run, he probably won't run very well in the wet. Mm-hmm. You know? Right, he, he broke on the rail there, and if you watch the rail at Pimlico, it, was, it looked like a river. The water was running along the rail there. I remember and, that. And yeah. He just skipped over it. He did. And a, a good horse that doesn't care about it will skip mm-hmm. over it. But you're right, when they seal it, it, it changes the whole deal, and you're right. It, it, could ha- it could play a huge part. Yeah. 
You know? I've walked on those tracks. I don't know if you've ever walked on a sealed racetrack. I have. It's like walking on concrete. Yes, it is. You're right. You're right. And those limbs so just that, hitting that, the horses, that much weight. We don't have, the horses don't have the bone they used to have. Yes. A lot of it inbreeding. I mean, everything, like 80% of the horses now are, being, are, are inbred to Mr. Prospector. And Mr. Prospector was not the soundest horse. And he was a very, and it's not even so much on soundness, but Mr. Prospector was pure speed. And he was by a stallion, a great stallion, raised a native, who was pure speed. So we're infusing the blood with so much speed now, and the bone is getting weaker. Uh, and we have all this inbreeding. I mean, every every horse is, you know, is inbred to like five different stallions. I mean, it's just whatever happened to you know to the to the outcrosses. There are no more outcrosses. And whatever happened to the homebreds, where a horse will be born on a farm raised on the farm, grow, uh, be broken on the farm, get his early training on the farm. Everybody on the farm knows the horse, and, and, and the horse is much better cared for than these horses that have to be shipped off. Listen, the yearling sales, I mean, that, uh, it's, it's fine. I mean, listen, it's part of the game. But way too many horses are being sold at these two-year-old sales, and if you want to sell this two-year-old, if you're a good horseman, you know what? Have the horses go out there and gallop if you want. You can be able to tell a horse's stride. Yes, you you're right. You yearlings without seeing them do it. Why do you need to see a two-year-old go nine, nine seconds? I know. I've said it all along. I've said a good horseman, a, a good blood horse agent, good horseman, a good buyer can go out there and watch a horse gallop on the track and can tell by by the horse's movement, confirmation, and all of that, can can tell if that horse is a, is going to be a good horse or not. I mean, there's no guarantee, even if they breeze in a nine and one or a nine and two, it doesn't mean that they're going to be a really good racehorse because they're not no, going to race an eighth of a mile anyway. So. But believe me, it's very rare that you're going to see any of those horses right. in the derby the next year. Exactly, because they might be able to go that short distance, but they might get tired going a longer distance. Yeah. So to me, it's not a guarantee of a fast racehorse. To me, I think you should be able to go watch a horse jog and and gallop, and and you should be able to tell why why push them that hard to breeze that fast at such a young age. I don't, I don't, I have never been able to understand it. I've said it all along. Why push them that hard that young? Why not wait, you know, until they're a bit older before you start, you know, putting that much pressure on them? So I've said that ever since I went to my first sale. So I really... Yeah, uh, exactly. And, and the thing is, people don't realize what these horses have to go through to, to work that fast. I know. It takes intense training you know? and intense training at a very young age. So I do think there are a lot of things that that need to change. And I hate that we're at the end of this segment already. That went so fast. We're going to have to have you back, Steve, another week. So I want to talk two-year-olds as well. But, um, sure. but, well, but well, you're, you know what? Mm -hmm. Big weekend coming up with two-year-olds. And, and they, they look like classy potential derby horses. The Champagne and the Breeders' Futurity. So keep an eye on this. There's at least seven or eight really, really promising horses running in those two stakes. I think so too. And that's going to make the derby dozen really exciting. <laughs> oh, I think so. I hope to. <laughs> I, always try, I always try to make it exciting. No I, know what. I know you do. A, you do a fine job, and you're always spot on. <laughs> well, I try. I try. try. <laughs> uh, Hall of Fame turf writer Steve Haskin, thank you so much for being on the show with us this week. It flew by, and um, we covered a lot. But uh, but we support horse racing. We love the sport. We love the people behind yeah. the scenes, and we're. Uh, 
We're certainly hoping to see a really good weekend at the Breeders' Cup races and, um, and a safe weekend for the horses. Thank you again, Steve. And it's always a pleasure. And, and, and congratulations on those uh, 19 horses. That's great. <laughs> yes, I know. Isn't she awesome? She, Yvonne is yes. amazing. She's doing a phenomenal job. Uh, and thank you again, Steve, for being with us. We'll be back on the Horse Talk Show in just a few minutes. Stay with us. This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch. In he knows so much that I tell. could talk to him. Proving and restoring health right, so since 1998 for the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. This show is sponsored in part by Equisin. When visiting the horse capital of the world, you want to stay at a hotel that reminds you of what you love about Ocala, the horses. Stay tuned to this show for announcements about the renovations to be completed fall 2019 at the Equus Inn by following them on Facebook and Instagram at Equus Inn. This show is sponsored in part by Hilton Garden Inn. Downtown Louisville, only five miles from Churchill Downs, enjoy the two most exciting minutes in sports, plus a hearty breakfast and a mimosa, and let Hilton Garden Inn do the rest. Book for Derby 2020 now! This show is sponsored in part by Innova Wellness Spa, committed to providing the best, most advanced options available in the beauty and wellness for their valued patients. Find them on the web at InnovaWellnessSpa.com or like them on Facebook now to learn more about their non-invasive aesthetic enhancement procedures for the most amazing results. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa hay. I'm your host, Louisa Button. In the studio with me, co-host Yvonne Bartow from Horses Without Humans. We just wrapped it up with Steve Haskin. I was going to tell him, usually I ask him to talk derby to me, but we're not quite there yet. But uh, we'll, be, uh, we'll be talking about that after we get past the Breeders' Cup. We'll start chatting about the upcoming two-year-olds and looking forward to the hopefully a better Kentucky Derby than the last one. I'm going to start off with some news. As Steve mentioned, uh, a good friend of the, uh, the show, good friend of mine, Mike Smith, Hall of Fame jockey, was taken off McKinsey, the potential favorite for the Breeders' Cup Classic by Bob Baffert. Bob said he will be using him in other races, but he did decide that for the Classic, someone else is going to ride McKinsey and um, hasn't said yet who that might be. And also mentioned uh, by Steve, Code of Honor is definitely going to be running in uh, the Breeders' Cup Classic. He was, um, he was entered definitely today for that. So that does change the race up a little bit. He's, uh, he's certainly a fantastic horse. So we'll be watching out and keeping you up to date on all of our special coverage of the Breeders' Cup races. 
Switch it up a little bit to eventing, Kevin Babington. Did you hear about Kevin Babington? Mm. Oh, he took a, the Olympic show jump, but he took a really bad fall at the Hampton Classic in New York in August. Um, he was actually uh, transferred to a rehab center on September 24th. His wife, Diana, said that he was successfully transferred to rehab, is extremely ha happy to get out of uh, the hospital, despite, despite the excellent care that he received there. I think he's very glad to be um, on the mend and um, they've worked tirelessly to keep him stable and get him into the best possible shape and all of our thoughts and prayers go out to him and all connected there. Um, he overcame a number of challenges after the fall. He got pneumonia in the hospital, a common complication of intubation of course. Um, he had to use a ventilator for some time but he's made great gains and um, the, uh, there's been a lot of GoFundMe's and um, different foundations, the Christopher Reeve and Dana Reeve Foundation um, that's also provide valuable information to the family and there's been a lot of fundraising to help out with all the, um, the finances and everything and altogether I think they've raised $939,000 towards ongoing expenses so that's really really cool and his wife's making all kinds of alterations to the house to accommodate his long-term care and uh, modify their home for him to come home and hopefully make a full recovery. So we're hoping for the best uh, for Kevin. Of course, we've had him on the show with us. He sat right beside me before it hits and we've done some interviews and a, a, really, great, uh, a really great guy and an Olympic rider. So we've, um, we're definitely sad to, um, to see him uh, you know, show jumper that he is, well known as he is um, out there. You know, uh, that happens and we see those accidents and sadly uh, sometimes people lose their lives we see mm -hmm. that a lot in eventing lately we've we've seen a lot of that way too much so um, we certainly don't want to see it and we hope for the best for all of our riders sadly Kim Severson's three-time Rolex Kentucky three-day event winner uh, Winsomer Dante died on September 25th he was 26 years old bred in England um, and uh, as a British sport horse gelding sad uh, very sad he, uh, he was USEA's Horse of the Year actually three times and held the record for USEA's all-time high point horse for a decade. And um, he was actually named overall Horse of the Year in 2004 by the Chronicle. So very sad uh, to, to see him go, but 26 is quite an age. Long yes, especially for a competing horse like mm -hmm. that. So. I agree. Um, officials at the U.S. Eventing Association have announced Morven Park in Leesburg, no, not Leesburg here, Leesburg, Virginia, as the host of a new fall um, CCI four-star. So that's exciting. Um, and uh, Fairhill International was awarded the five-star, and organizers at Morven Park um, are beginning are going to do the beginner novice through advanced horse trial divisions so that'll be nice a one uh, a two a three star and a four star divisions in uh, the first weekend of october so that's going to fill that void so that's very nice give another competition of course don't forget that november 14th to the 17th here at the ocala jockey club um, we have the international uh, event here and that's always a wonderful weekend have you ever attended that i have not over 900 um, acre property it's the second highest point in Florida 
Absolutely, the sunsets are incredible. They have the big VIP clubhouse. You can walk the course while the people are jumping the cross-country fences. It's one of the most beautiful terrains for cross-country jumping. It's such a lovely weekend. It's uh, vendors and food and beer gardens. And November 14th to the 17th, mm -hmm. uh, the Ocala Jockey Club in Reddick. So that's always an absolutely wonderful, wonderful weekend. Uh, you actually feel like you're in England when you're out there. Really? Oh, yes, you do. They, all they need is some Pim's number one cup <laughs> and, um, and, and it would be a truly British weekend. Um, so yes, it is. It's, uh, it's fabulous fun and it's, it's great to go and watch it and you take the kids out and have a family day. And we'll be interviewing people actually coming up within the next few weeks about who's going to be here. Usually it brings Olympians. Um, in fact, I stopped at the Wawa to get a bang my drink that I love so much. And um, I ran right into two of them, um, Leslie Law and Leslie Law, two Olympians. They were walking out of, and I thought, yeah, they're back. Everybody's back. Everybody's coming back for the season now. So uh, that's exciting stuff. Uh, one more mention. Uh, in fact, I'm going to ask uh, Joe if he will pop the flyer up on the screen for you. Um, October 12th. Uh, is the Alzheimer's Trail Ride, and um, I'll actually be interviewing them next week on the show. Uh, it's a great fundraiser. They do it every year. Uh, all the information will be on the screen there. Joe has that for you, um, and that is October the 12th, and it is, uh, it's a load of fun. Uh, it's a great event, um, and the money all goes to the Alzheimer's benefit. So um, I think Tim Smith, my friend Tim Smith, was named the Alzheimer's leader for our area, so I think we should put him on a horse and take him on the trail. Yeah, <laughs> I would, wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that wraps up our news segment uh, for this week. Uh, we're going, got a great show for you coming up. We're going to actually be uh, airing a uh, opportunity. I had to talk to Dr. Tim Lynch from Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. Sadly, we did talk about horses breaking down, but it does explain a little bit of what we were talking about um, with Steve Haskin um, about horses breaking down and some of the uh, catastrophic injuries we see, which just really very sad. Um, then Butch Maudie is going to join us uh, by phone and we're going to talk a little bit about equine kindergarten and some of his training methods and some of the things that he does uh, with horsemanship and uh, patience with horses um, to teach them patience and we have to be patient too. Uh, we're going to talk to Jessica Lynn from Earth Song Ranch. We're going to talk a little bit about sun damage to people and horses, melanomas. And then we're going to wrap up the show with Yvonne Bartow. We're going to talk about the Boneyard Horses, give you an update, and introduce you to this week's adoptable horse, Willow, who will hopefully get a home very soon, and chat a little bit about the phenomenal event that they have coming up in the beginning of December that you must have tickets to. And I'm hoping I'll be in it on horseback. We're hoping you'll in be in it In a nice too. dress. On a beautiful horse. <laughs> That's right, on a beautiful horse. We'll be back in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm Louisa Barton. Stay with us. This show is brought to you in part by New Millennium Realty. Owner and broker Brian Cox loves this community and wants to help you find your place in the horse capital of the world. Like them on Facebook or find them at allfarmsmatter.com. New Millennium Realty, the future of real estate. This show is sponsored in part by 1K Helmets, certified to ASTM standards, where the perfect synergy of advanced technology meets aesthetically pleasing design wrapped in a package that traditionalists appreciate. 
Check them out at 1khelmets.com and like them on Facebook. 1K Helmets, where style meets safety. This show is sponsored in part by Ovation Helmets, the lightest and most comfortable helmets on the market today. For hot Florida summers, you can't do better than Ovation. Check them out at EnglishWritingSupply.com or get fitted for a safe, lightweight new helmet at Tack Shack of Ocala. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family owned since 1934, manufacturing fixed formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show presented by Peterson and Smith Equine Hospital. I'm your host, Louisa Barton, and in the studio with me, I have Dr. Tim Lynch. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about something that's in the news quite a lot lately. Um, there have been quite a few breakdowns this year, sadly. Um, Santa Anita has definitely been in the focus of many people. And a lot of people who are not necessarily professionals in the horse world or in the racing world have questions about what is a breakdown and what does that actually mean. Dr. Lynch, welcome back to the show. Um, can you tell us a little bit, especially in reference, let's talk about at the racetrack, um, what does a breakdown mean? Um, so a breakdown, the classic breakdown can be divided into two groups, either a soft tissue breakdown or a hard tissue like bone. They're usually a combination injury. So the classic uh, breakdown would be uh, where a horse loses its uh, suspensory apparatus, either injuring or tearing the suspensory or the sesamoid bones in, the, in any limb and or the distal sesamoidian ligaments. So that spring or that um, catch in the back that helps the horse's fetlocks uh, is now gone. And then so the horse uh, is broken down. So there can be involved a certain number of fractures, uh, including the cannon bone or the pastern, uh, and or any other type of supporting structure. You know, there's many breakdown injuries, uh, but that's the classic breakdown injury that can be described as the horse uh, losing its suspensory apparatus and then having or not having fractures associated with it. Um, unfortunately, you know, when you uh, weigh a thousand to twelve hundred pounds, and you can run a mile in uh, two minutes or less, uh, those fr those fractures or those repeated chronic fatigue injuries uh, can happen to any athlete. Uh, but a horse going at that speed, that can certainly be devastating. And not all breakdowns necessarily mean the horse needs to be euthanized. The ones that you worry about, the breakdowns, unfortunately, are the ones that, where there's an open fracture uh, and or uh, such a life-threatening injury that uh, because a horse, you can't tell them to lay in bed for nine to 12 weeks, uh, they need to get up right away and support their weight. Laminitis or founder is a big problem. Barbaro was a perfect example right. of that. So it's, it's a matter of uh, trying to adapt certain mostly human uh, orthopedic repairs to a horse's leg. And uh, you know, a horse weighs 1,200 pounds, so it's kind of a little difficult. We gotta be inventive. But that a lot of them can be saved uh, for a breeding animal, breeding purposes, stallions. Uh, but in some of them, the injury is so bad that it's not fair to the horse to uh, keep going with them or try to save them. So, 
This x-ray, I don't know if you want to yes, pull up the x-ray. Yes, we have a, uh, an x-ray here we can show you. This is uh, from Root and Riddle. This is, uh, I think it's Princess Warrior, uh, Dr. Brown, which did a repair on this horse. So this is the horse's fetlock. There's a very large plate down the front of the fetlock. Uh, it's probably a 15, 16 or 18 hole plate. Uh, and you can see at the back of the fetlock, the horse has uh, broken the bottom of both sesamoids off. And it, I don't know about the soft tissues, but I imagine based on where the sesamoids are, uh, the suspensory is gone. So what he has done is Arthur deced the fetlock with the plate and all the screws. So that joint will no longer bend. And then he, he put a, uh, a wire in there from the cannon bone to the pasture to act as a suspensory uh, apparatus or to hopefully uh, give us some support to the back of the fetlock because now the horse doesn't have that due to the fracture. But this is uh, this was not an open fracture. This is a, a classic breakdown. Uh, the ligaments are gone probably or injured to the point. They will heal and this joint will no longer bend. It'll eventually uh, heal into one bone and this horse will, will be um, fairly comfortable. We'll have an odd looking leg because the fetlock won't bend. Right. But this horse will probably be a breeding animal, uh, no problem. Uh, again, you can see the hardware that goes into it. Uh, this type of uh, injury, unfortunately, the horse didn't uh, didn't look like he broke a long bone or any of the other weight supporting bones. Um, but this is a you know a big problem in horses. They're covered with hair. They live in manure. Uh, they race, and you can see all the staples. Those are the skin incisions. So it's a it's quite an undertaking to try to. Uh, repair, keep, uh, yeah, repair and clean, and then keep it clean, and yep. then keep the horse uh, quiet. As you mentioned, uh, you know the difference between a, a human athlete and a and an equine athlete uh, is quite different sure. because, as you, well, you mentioned, of course, the twelve hundred pounds on these little legs, um, but also keeping them quiet yeah. uh, it, for the required amount of time that they need to rest, and not being. I, I've always said it's much harder to be a veterinarian than a, <laughs> than, a, than, a, than a people doctor because at least the people can tell you how they're feeling. Does it hurt? and you can tell them you must lie down and rest right and uh, but with it with when you're working with horses or dogs I think it's very difficult uh, communication of course and and also just the nature of a horse which is loves to run um, a flight animal yep. that's going to run if it gets spooked um, and that they love they love running yep. on the track so it's, it's very hard to keep a horse confined that's probably a, a really big difficulty but now the difference with a with a human and an animal is um, obviously, if a, if a horse shatters its leg, mm -hmm. then that's virtually impossible to correct. Right. Unlike a person where you might cast them and lie them down, you might be able to do something, right? Well, yeah, so the problem with the horse is they want to stand right away, and they need to stand on four legs uh, right away. So uh, you can do the best repair, and unfortunately we have uh, limit as far as what mechanically can hold a horse with the strength. Casts are good, but they're not great. Uh, and they take a long time. Bone takes about four to six months to heal. Wow. So that radiograph is a pretty um, extreme case. I mean, there's other types of breakdowns that includes the tendons and such like that that uh, need time to heal. But most of those horses, they won't race again, but they'll truly be um, usable horses or they could be breeding animals okay. and such like that. So it's hard when you have a horse that wants to get up and run away from you uh, to make them kind of be quiet. And a lot of horses are quite good uh, as far as cooperative and what they'll do. Uh, but laminitis is a big problem in the breakdowns. Um, and again, depending on the severity of the injury, some of them are so bad that it's not uh, fair to the horse. Uh, we know that that's a, that's a bad outcome or 
will take uh, so much and still the horse would not be a very comfortable. It's quality of life after those breakdowns and what we can do and what we can't do as far as trying to repair them, get them legs again or bones and go from there. Soft tissue ones, a lot of them do quite uh, a lot better, uh, mostly because they have their bones to stand on. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's a whole sort of uh, braces now for horses. They're like ski boots that have hinges that you can control and you control their, uh, uh, their re rehabilitation and such like that. It's quite amazing uh, all the things that are coming out here in the last five to 10 years, trying to help these horses uh, so they can lead uh, comfortable, uh, productive lives. and. Yeah, they could use some of them could be used for trail riding and things like that, but again, depends on the severity of the injury. I was going to actually ask you that question. You must have seen a lot of advances in your career that are very comforting that you can do more than ever for, right. for the horses when that, they get that old. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you're absolutely right. From uh, the days of Ruffian. Uh, to now this x-ray and you can see that what's uh, been going on in Dr. Bramage uh, it's one of the best right so and it's really um the safety at the racetracks has improved tremendously. The surfaces have improved. Uh, there's been a lot of research on the improvement, uh, how to make uh, racetracks safe or the surface safe. Uh, they take safety very, uh, very, very uh, highly there at the racetrack because everybody, the jockey, everybody is involved. So it's uh, and the horse, you know, and they. Uh, they truly try everything that they can to make the racing. Now, what has happened there out in California, I'm not really sure. There's been a lot of change of surface and the talk about this and that. Um, I think, I, I don't know, I don't think the final word has come out is what's happened. It could just be a bad luck run, right? Um, so it's, again, it's, it's kind of one of those things, uh, a lot of racehorses and athletes have chronic uh, injuries that you don't know about and then a lot of them are from bone stress and mm -hmm. uh, non-adaptive remodeling of the bone. And unfortunately, if you take uh, a bad step, you're gonna kind of crack your leg or break your ankle right. or something like that. So same with the horses. And uh, it's just unfortunate that it's, it's happened at one racetrack, uh, considering the, no the number of horses that have been broke down or need euthanizing at the racetrack in the last 10 years has decreased dramatically it has. over a thousand races or you know mm -hmm. whatever number you try to pick uh, how many horses per thousand or, or things like that so it's really improved um, here in the last five years it's been tremendous I agree I think it's been amazing the advances have been made and as you said the research into the surfaces and things uh, I think has helped a lot and and it, medical technology you know being able to see uh, what's going on with the horse and know that there's a problem before it races I think that really plays a huge part you know and our, our technology you know everything from what we can see on a scan sure. to you know to beyond so I think a, a lot of that that technology has helped as well to to make us better and we hope to just keep getting better and better right. we hate to see them break down uh, all athletes have uh, have injuries and uh, all sports are dangerous I don't think that horse racing is any different than any right. of them it's just sad that it's been in the focus but good to hear uh, that there are some some savable cases that's a uh, wonderful wonderful thank you dr lynch very much we're talking about uh, breakdowns on the racetrack something that we hope we don't see uh too many more anymore actually uh in that case so uh, thank you dr tim lynch for joining us on the horse talk show this show is brought to you in part by summit joint performance promoting a healthy thick synovial fluid decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads all age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. 
This show is brought to you in part by Tack Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, dog collars, and more. Tack Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. This show is brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. You never heard of a talking horse? Well, listen to this. With your host, Louisa Barton. What does it feel like to be in love with a horse? Presented this hour by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy store. Now, here's your pretty, pretty Louisa Barton. You're fab, you're switched on, you're a bit of old right. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back to the Horse Talk Show. This hour presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa. I'm your host, Louisa Barton. A couple of shout outs. One for Horse Farms Forever. We should all be supporting them um, because they are trying to preserve our farmland. Very important and uh, are very, very much uh, on the cusp of everything that's going on. Uh, in the horse world uh, events, um, anything coming through um, FDOT roads, they are um, they're right on the forefront of all of it. So uh, if we want to prevent things like coastal connectors and roads running through beautiful farmland, they are definitely an organization to support. And another shout out um, for Elite Equestrian Magazine. If you haven't read yours this month, you must. They have everything in here um, for all the local events and shows. Um, and great for fashion, traveling, and, and everything horse. So a wonderful supporter of our show. You'll find our ad in there. I think it's on page 79. And um, Yvonne is in the studio with me. Uh, she is from Horses Without Humans and uh, is guest co-hosting with me this week. I feel like I should have worn my cowboy hat. <laughs> you should have. I should. You're right. Next week. There's always next week. Uh, joining us now, we have a special guest, um, Butch Mowdy. He is the owner and trainer at Equine Kindergarten. Hi, Butch. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How are you doing? Very good. It's lovely to have you with us. I um, I, I got to see a post on, uh, on Facebook that you shared about... Um, about tying horses and how critical it is that a horse can stand tied and teaching that that process of of being patient and that made me go you know i should go and uh, check this guy out and that i did and i uh, i really enjoyed reading a lot of your posts and a lot of what you do so tell us a little bit about you um i used to be a buckaroo now I'm old. I'm almost 65. And what we started doing here at the house is we started working with troubled horses, um, horses that that maybe so it was the people instead of the horses or a combination of both. And that led to working with little babies. And we just teach horses how to learn. Um, after they know how to learn, going in the house and sitting on the couch is just one more thing. Um, <laughs> so how do you start out with a young horse that doesn't know anything how do you teach a young horse how to learn well it's it's a lot like a baby horse has about the same mental acuity as a four-year-old child so the very first thing we do we get lots and lots of 
uh, weanlings and yearlings that have never been touched. And so the first thing we do is we present ourselves and we get them to look at us. If they'll look at us and let us in, then we can manipulate that behavior and turn it into something that's acceptable to both of us. It's really quite simple. It's like a little kid sitting at a desk looking out the window of the classroom until the teacher can get the child to look at him and she's not going to teach him nothing. So uh, it's really basic and really simple. Uh, that's how we get started. Just getting the horse to give you their attention. We talked actually, um, Yvonne and I talked a couple of weeks ago about how the most difficult horses to deal with are the aloof ones um, that don't really care. You know, and, and that would speak to being able to get a horse to pay attention to you and aloof horses doesn't really care what you want them to do too much. No, you have to teach them. Yeah, yeah exactly. Teach them to learn. What you would do maybe in a situation like that, every answer is situational, of course, but um, maybe I'll go in a round pen with one with just a flag in my hand. And I won't expect that horse to go left, go right, stop runs anything all i do is i'll shake the flag when the horse looks at me i'll take a step back in 10 minutes that horse comes right usually comes right up to me and i rub it on the nose it, and just by using something to get their attention that doesn't scare them you know we don't use violence out here uh, we do believe that a horse needs to get better every single day and in every way, but but as long as you can get that horse's attention, then it's up to you to present a worthy idea. You know. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you and, how do you deal how do you deal with like the herd, um, the the horse that's um, tied to his buddy, and obviously horses are herd animals. So you have two horses who've maybe been together for a really long time and they're inseparable, yes, maybe they stay in the same field, you need to ride one of them and not, uh -huh. the, and not the other that day. How do you work with two horses that are very herd-bound to one another? Now you're, uh, you're getting right close to, you're getting right close to that post I shared about standing tied. Mm -hmm. um, the whole theory behind that is a horse should stay where you put it. If you're trotting a horse, it should stay in the trot. If you're backing a horse up, it should stay backed up until you ask it to do something else. If you ask a horse to stand still, it should stand still until you ask it to do something else. It's really easily achieved. You reward the tries and you educate the failures. So that's may sound overly simplistic but if i had two horses that were married in the pasture <laughs> they would both know how to tie up and i'd just tie up one and i'd take the other one for a little toodle mm -hmm. it's really quite simple but the the doing could be a little bit more complicated than the saying that's for sure true right and then if the horse that's tied, let's say the first time you tie the horse up and you take the other horse away, and the horse that's tied up the first time gets all stressed out, how do you handle that and how long do you leave the horse tied at the pole or does it depend on how stressed out the horse gets? 
the reality of it is, is there should be no stress involved. I won't even tie one up until it'll follow a feel. And what follow a feel means to me and my facility is I can go left, I can go right, I can go forward, I can go backward, purely off the feel that's being presented. So when the horse gets tied up for the very first time, it knows that the pole pressure behind its ears, and there's always pressure even if it's just touching the hair, the pole pressure behind its ears means go forward. Uh, the halter touching its right jaw means move its left front foot over. The pressure of the horse touching the left jaw means move the right front foot over. Um, if those three things are in place, that horse will stand tight the very first time that you tie him. And uh, no stress is involved because we've done our due diligence and we've taught that horse to follow a feel. And any feel that's presented to a horse should result in um, a behavior that's acceptable to both of us. And there shouldn't be no violence take place. Very true. Very true. So what's the biggest challenge horse you've ever had, Bud? Um. I had an eight-year-old stud horse here one time that was pasture bred for about three years and then they decided he needed to be halter broke so they could breed him in the breeding barn. Um, he had a lot of opinions about that, but to be quite honest with you, all we did was we presented ourselves to him. When he looked at us and let us in, we put a halter on him, we taught him how to go left and right. We educated the ignorance and ignorance isn't a bad word it's just lack of knowledge right. we edu we educated the ignorance and we rewarded the tries and shoot he was pretty tough but he came around and uh we've had a lot of we've had a lot of dressage horses here that simply came here because there was they had decided after they'd got to a certain level in their training program that there just absolutely wasn't nothing in it for them. And so these really troubled dressage horses, what we basically did was we just detoxed them and we rewarded the try as opposed to rewarding performance. Can if I just say, ask something there? But uh, Yvonne has something she wants to ask you. I don't know if you, yes, can, yeah, if you can hear this, but as a dressage trainer, I kind of listen and agree to that. And I do think what um, a lot of people don't understand, whether they're riding or working with a horse on the ground, it's actually the removal or the absence of the aid or the stimulus which actually trains a horse. Because it, whatever you do, when they do what you want, you're supposed to be quiet and do nothing. And that's probably the biggest thing that most people don't understand. And I hear that through your whole theme, rewarding the tribe. But usually it's just by relaxing or taking away the request. And that's what trains the horse when they understand, if I do this, you're going to be quiet. And I, think, and I think that is a lot of dressage riders, and no offense to all of you because we all make mistakes at the beginning, but the biggest thing you can learn is to learn to be quiet and learn to stop and learn to be still. And a lot of people don't, and they're just, to the horse, a lot of white noise. And that's really hard for a horse to figure out that they well, can't make you quiet. <laughs> hum, human beings have a tendency to be controlling and they, they feel like every time they touch their horse, they need to be a trainer. And that is exactly the opposite yeah. <laughs> of what it should be, you know. Um, I had a 12-year-old Dutch warm blood here one time. Um, 
they flew it over here from Europe, not specifically to my place. They flew it to Sun Valley, and it ended up at my place. It took three people to get the 12-year-old girl up on its back so she could go show it. She was showing it um, uh, pre-St. George, but it actually, this horse was 12 years old, and it had never been tied up with one line. It had been cross-tied, but it had never been tied up to a fence post. And uh, it was just horrible. <laughs> it, when when we showed the horse how to follow a field, it got relaxed, and the, and the horse would come over to the fence and pick the girl up so the girl could just pop up on him. And... Uh, the lady that owned the horse actually came out here to see his progress and she cried tears because he was standing hip shot tied to a 12 foot high fence post and, and, and he was asleep <laughs> it was just an incredible thing you know and a lot of times I think one of the things that escapes people is these horses will give you what you give them and maybe that sounds kind of cosmic, but if you want a really nice, quiet horse, all you got to do is treat them nice and quiet. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> treat them the way you want them to be, right? <laughs> yes, ma'am. And it's actually that effective. Yes, ma'am. Amazing. Butch Maudi, um, he is the owner and trainer at Equine Kindergarten. Thank you so much for joining us on the Horse Talk Show and sharing a little bit of wisdom uh, with us. Very interesting. Great for our listeners. A lot of people tell me, uh, I hear uh, from a lot of people that we have some beginners listening and some people trying to learn and new owners of horses. So I think it's great that we get tips from people who are very successful. Butch, thank you for being with us on the show. I'd love to have you back anytime. It was a privilege. Thank you very much. Thank you for joining us. And we will be back on the Horse Talk Show in just a few minutes with Jessica Lynn from Earth Song Ranch. Stay with us. New Roads. This hour of the Horse Talk Show is presented by Palm Chevrolet in Ocala, where the entire team is committed to making your experience in sales and services hassle-free and easier than ever, with no games or gimmicks. Come in and visit on Southwest College Road or online at palmchevrolet.com. A second-to-none experience with all the amenities. Palm Chevy, find new roads. This show is brought to you in part by Horse Boxes USA, the newest and most advanced way to safely transport your horses in style. Horse Boxes USA comes standard with a backup camera, horse cabin camera, and dual fans. Visit them at JJ Tack Shop on Highway 40 in Ocala or online at horseboxesusa.com. This show is sponsored in part by All In Removal. Like jockey and horse, shavings delivery and manure removal go together naturally and are the green natural solution too. All In Removal offers a great way to save you money combining the two services of quality pine shavings delivery and manure container rental and removal. Great service, great quality and the green choice too. Like All In Removal on Facebook now or go to allinremoval.com for more information. This show is brought to you in part by DAC Vitamins and Minerals of Florida. All horses need a solid immune system, excellent joint support, a healthy gut, and DAC has all the vitamins and minerals they need with the NASC stamp of approval. So like them on Facebook now or go to feeddac.com. DAC, it makes a world of difference. 
This show is sponsored in part by Earthsong Ranch, improving and restoring health since 1998 through the health of your horses, dogs, and cats with natural probiotic-based supplements, herbal dewormers, all-natural fly sprays, joint supplements, plus Earthsong Ranch is a great resource for health information. Find Earthsong Ranch on Facebook or at earthsongranch.com. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. I'm Louisa Barton. Thank you to Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa hay. In the studio with me, co-hosting, I have Yvonne Bartow from Horses Without Humans. We've done an absolutely brilliant rescue job. Um, we've been monitoring in the last few weeks. Become a great friend of uh, Yvonne and so happy for her work and, and seeing these horses making incredible recovery. Um, very quick shout out to Summit Joint Performance. Um, I had a much, much older horse down uh, several weeks ago and not getting up and the vet didn't think it looked good. And uh, thanks to Dorian who sent me um, the, the smaller, more concentrated dose of the Summit Joint Performance and uh, told me to give him a shot every single day for 10 days. And the horse has not been stuck down since so uh shout out to summit joint performance for uh, nothing short of a miracle because the uh the vet did think he might be at the end sadly and uh he's not he's up and doing wonderful so going to switch it up now to jessica lynn from earth song ranch jessica how are you i'm good how are you guys wonderful thank you i'm going to talk a little bit about being out in the sun something i like me too i know we're <laughs> too we both like the sun we like our vitamin d Yes, lots. yes, lots of it. <laughs> yes, we talk a little lots bit about lots. the uh, about the sun for people and the uh, the sun for the sun for horses as well, which obviously, especially for the greys that get the melanomas, um, can be quite serious. Uh, I know a lot of people have to keep horses in uh, inside during the summertime if they're um, either paints or greys, and they have a tendency to sunburn, and, and they can get the melanomas, of course. But let's start with people, Jessica. Um, having just recently been diagnosed with skin cancer, this was on my mind. I and didn't I know that. I grew up on the beach in Del Mar, and also our ranch was five miles inland, so there was barely a few hours of the day that we were inside. So I have a cumulative, you know, score of over 60, you know, six years of sun exposure. And I started thinking about it. A lot of us now are doing helmets where we have like a visor over the top of it, mm -hmm. but that's not enough because there's a reflection that comes up too off the ground. And it's so, so important for everyone to really use sunscreen these days. Um, I don't have a melanoma. I have, you know, a, a treatable form with topical chemo. But um, I eat really healthy, and one of the things, too, is vitamin E is really important to up your doses if you're going to spend a lot of time in the sun because it really helps the skin, and so does vitamin C. So I kind of harp about vitamin C and E to not only people but animals, um, horses in particular, because um, when they cut the hay, the first two vitamins that start to degrade and go away are vitamin C and E, mm -hmm. and they don't get enough of it. So the form I like to give the vitamin E in is a powdered form because the oils and the capsules tend to not be as absorbable to the horses they found. Mm -hmm. But also horses that have melanoma, um, a lot of the vets will, you know, try to cut them off. They, I, I heard, but I have been able to confirm it, that they have come out with a possible equine vaccine for melanoma. Really? So I don't know what the results are yet for that. But um, I know they do it for humans, and it's been quite successful. 
there's also some topicals. Some of them are natural. You can get at um, the health food store for the horses that don't have the huge melanomas. And it's called, um, oh, I can't remember that. It's like um, a skin tag remover is oh. what they're calling it. And you paint it on daily and maybe twice a day, depending on the horse. And it helps to peel the melanomas off. Hmm. So oh, there, is, there is help for some of this. There is, and I, I also heard that flaxseed and garlic were both very good natural um, natural supplements that you can give horses for melanomas, um, and, and vitamin C I had heard, and E, and also yep. really important is diet, is always important is. diet, is low sugar or no yep. sugar, no sugar is actually ideal um, for horses that have a tendency to... Um, to melanomas, it's better if you don't have any sugar in the diet at all. But you, that's pretty much impossible to say the truth for Lisa. I know. There's no way. And if you have no it's sugar impossible in, the in diet, my diet, then, <laughs> then the horses have um, hoof issues also because they do need some of the carbohydrate or sugar things for hoof health as well. Right. But I mean, yeah, if you, I, my hay gets tested and I'm like at 9% NSC, so I'm really low sugar. Um, when I had Destiny, she had a very white nose because she was a chemosabi granddaughter, and he was very white on the nose. I had to use baby sunscreen on her because she would blister every day she'd be out in it. So if you have a horse like that, you can put baby sunscreen or the waterproof sunscreen on their noses to protect them from you know, getting even a basal cell on their nose. It's a shame I like the two S's, sun and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I do. We all. <laughs> I do. I love the sun. I do too. Well, you know, they say that Ricketts is making a comeback because people are so scared of being out in the sun yes. that they don't get enough vitamin D anymore. But they're saying also that the, the sunscreens are preventing people from absorbing the vitamin D. Mm. So is there a happy balance there somewhere? <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, I think some of the time we really need to be out without a sunscreen on, but always wear a hat. Yes. You know, and, and do get a little bit of tan, just not overdoing it. I mean, when I grew up on the beach, it was baby oil and iodine or cocoa butter. Do you remember the baby oil days when we just put it all, slathered it all over yeah. our sons just because we yeah. wanted to get really brown? Mm. Yeah. And, being, and being that I'm also British, um, you know, I have very fair skin. So we burned and we tanned and we burned and we tanned. It's true. So, um, and also doing a topical chemo, I can tell you it's $3,000. And most insurances don't pay for it. For topical chemo, wow. Yeah. Well, I know through all the research I've done with you over the last few years that um, a weakened immune system is always part of um, any, any kind of health issues and concerns. So. Um, definitely you are what you eat and then the shout out for, for Seminole Feed and Larson's um, you know is good quality feed and hay is really important you know don't don't save a couple of bucks on a bag of feed it's not it's not actually saving you you know anything in the long run you're better to have the good nutrition um, because it does play a really big role in in recovery from illness and even prevention of illness um, to right. keep your immune and system overall, strong. The immune system is your intestinal tract. And if it's not healthy, you're going to be prone to more things, just like the horses are. Exactly. And just like, you know, a good quality bag feed with little or no soy in it is one of the best things you can give with a probiotic digestive enzyme type thing like our equine enzyme because you want to keep it boosted for a whole bunch of reasons. Not only that, if 
the horse's gut is healthy, they don't attract parasites. Parasites want to live in the sewer, and if the gut is healthy, then they're not going to want to live there. Yeah, it's true. And then also horses, you know, there's been just a rash of EPM this year, and it's not just California, it's been all over. If those horses had a better immune system, they probably would have been exposed but not have come down full-blown with EPM as well. What are your thoughts on senior feeds for senior horses? Um, there's a lot of them out there, but, I mean, if you can go organic, it's better you know, than anything else. I mean, I use Modesto Milling Organic, and they're going all over the country now. And it's a balanced uh, feed. It's little teeny tiny pellets. You can either make it into a mush or they can, you know, the seniors can eat it just fine. But it's all natural. It's got a little bit of oats, a little bit of barley. It's got kelp. It's got rose hips. It's got metanite clay for detoxing. It's just a great And I want some of that for breakfast with milk on it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I mean, it even smells good. And I mean, my horses love it. And I even have the younger ones on it, too, because it's not just for seniors. It's for everybody, really, mares and foals and seniors. But, you know, to get away from the soy is the most important thing, just because the soy crops, you know, are sprayed with Roundup the week before soy is harvested. And I don't think it's the soy so much affecting the horses as it's the Roundup that is absorbed into the soy, then processed and put into the horse feed. And any more, as people become more educated, what I'm finding is the manufacturers are now saying vegetable protein on the bags. And when people call me, I say, call them up and ask them what that means. And it's always, well, that's soy. Because they're trying to hide they're putting soy in. How interesting. Yeah. So they're calling it vegetable protein. Have you seen that? Oh, that's really interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, most people don't read the labels on the bags. I happen to read all of them. I know you do. I count so, on yeah. you. <laughs> vegetable yeah. protein instead of soy. How interesting is that? Yeah, because people are becoming aware and educated that the soy is creating Cushing's. It's creating other things, too but they don't want to be feeding their horses soy. And so to keep in the marketplace, they go, oh, it's vegetable protein. And when the people end up calling me back, they're like livid, going, it's soy. I said, yes, I know. <laughs> see that? And so you learn something new every day. Um, Jessica Lynn can be found at earthsongranch.com. And also on Facebook, you can find her at Earthsong Ranch. And she's in California. She's helped a lot of people. She give consultations on the phone you advice and help you with a holistic diet um, for your horses and for yourself. She's done a, a lot for two-leggeds as well that I know of. So uh, you can reach <laughs> out to uh, Jessica Lynn at Edsong Ranch. Jessica, thank you for joining us. You're so welcome. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Jessica Lynn from Earthsong Ranch on our holistic horse segment this week. We're going to come back and wrap it up. Yvonne and I are going to uh, talk a little bit about the Boneyard horses. She's going to give us an update. And we're going to share our adoptable horse with you this week, Willow, and uh, you get to see pictures of Willow, and hopefully we'll find a home uh, for her very soon. So we'll be back with you in just a few minutes on the Horse Talk Show. I'm Louisa Barton. This show is brought to you in part by Summit Joint Performance, promoting a healthy, thick synovial fluid, decreasing inflammation in the joints and improving the cushioning properties of the cartilage pads. All age horses can benefit from Summit Joint Performance. This show is brought to you in part by Tax Shack of Ocala, the horse lover's candy store proudly offering customer halters, race tack, whips, blinkers, belts, 
dog collars and more. Tack Shack of Ocala, one-stop shopping for all your horse needs. This show is brought to you in part by TT Distributors, dedicated to bringing their customers the largest selection of quality horse supplements, products, and farrier supplies in Florida at affordable prices. Also online at ttdistributors.com. This show is brought to you in part by Seminole Feed Stores, family-owned since 1934, manufacturing fixed-formula horse feeds with mindful monitoring and quality ingredients right here in Ocala in an all-natural, non-medicated feed mill. Seminole Feed, simply the world's best and safest feed. Like them on Facebook now or find them at SeminoleFeed.com. This show is sponsored in part by 1K Helmets, certified to ASTM standards, where the perfect synergy of advanced technology meets aesthetically pleasing design wrapped in a package that traditionalists appreciate. Check them out at 1khelmets.com and like them on Facebook. 1K Helmets, where style meets safety. Our Facebook broadcast sponsor is Larson Farms. The Larson Farms mission is simple, to be the leader in quality and value. Richard, owner of Larson Farms, is committed to a positive attitude, integrity, dedication, quality, and teamwork. Larson Farms is committed to being your supplier of Idaho's finest alfalfa, a complete line of mixed and grass hay. Larson Farms, Idaho's finest alfalfa. This show is sponsored in part by Ovation Helmets, the lightest and most comfortable helmets on the market today. For hot Florida summers, you can't do better than Ovation. Check them out at EnglishWritingSupply.com or get fitted for a safe, lightweight new helmet at Tack Shack of Ocala. Back on the Horse Talk Show, presented by Palm Chevrolet, your hometown Chevy experience. I'm Louisa Barton. Thank you, Larson Farms, our broadcast sponsor, Idaho's finest alfalfa in the studio with me, Yvonne Barteau, uh, from Horses Without Humans. And uh, we've been uh, all over the place with the show, from racing to, to being patient with, uh, with young horses and, uh, and letting them follow the field. And, uh, uh, Great advice from Butch Mowdy, uh, wonderful uh, information from Steve Haskin, who's always uh, so up to speed and so spot on um, with racing and, uh, and everything that's been going on this year. So, and Jessica, of course, always giving us great advice. Uh, me, my son, and Sugar, probably not the best things for me, but I love them both. Um, Going to talk a little bit about horses without humans. Done an absolutely phenomenal job in the last few weeks with these um, boneyard horses, as they are. Uh, they're known, the 19 horses that you guys went in and, and rescued. Can you give us a, an update? Yeah, I, I think so many people are following along. It's almost hard to get an update uh, for people that are every day watching the morning news that we do when we go out to the paddock. But I think the biggest thing that people may not know. Um, like the rain is a big favorite because she was the bay that was down on the ground and couldn't get up and we, ha and we just happened to have to keep picking her up and people saw that and it was just heartbreaking. 
And it was. It made me cry. It was. Uh, it was incredible. And at those moments, you know, she was. She was so, well, yes, I can't get up, but you've got food, I'll eat. Will you figure out how to get me on my feet? And so even in the video, you see her eating out of her bucket while we fuss about and get a blanket under her to hoist her up. And it's funny, now that she's feeling better, not only, of course, can she stand up for herself, but she can stand up for herself. And so she's gotten to be one that, even though she was really the weakest, probably, she was her longest time getting up and down, she um, now can hold her own to eat out there, which is a big sign, you know, and she's, she's almost front row and that's when you go to feed you've got a few that are just like I'll be eating first and y'all stand back and and then there's some that are like I probably won't get anything at all Mr. Snow and he'll be like I gotta get out of here I can't eat with these guys <laughs> and so when we come out there he doesn't look at the bowls at all he looks at the gate and so now the you know I, I can just open the gate and he doesn't you know the food isn't out yet but he knows I get out that gate and I'll just walk up by himself no halter no person he just walks up and he goes to where he knows his bowl should be but his bowl is not in there with those velociraptors he doesn't like it so and there's a couple like that that know you know like yeah. everybody's got to get theirs and then me and Eddie you know he really is a charmer and I think people have seen that and he truly That's is that typical. Through and through. every Eddie I've ever known is a charmer he just is he's a sweet little guy and he he's fine and he likes to get out because he, he saw like actually snow gets his food first uh, while everybody's putting the bowls out and so he's like well, I'm with him and he just wandered out with snow and he's like yeah every day he's like yeah this is way better and you can see him he looks over his shoulder like I got my stuff so, but rain is is really going to be fine but she's she has a more quiet and probably a standoffish personality even though she needed so much from us she was very tolerant of all the work we had to do to pick her up and do things but she actually is a little bit more to herself now that she's feeling better so I think we'll see the true personalities not the desperate personalities yeah, you don't see the them. true personalities until you get them to healthy to their back to themselves right. they were all in devastation tragedy mode and so then you're just looking at like the I I need to live yeah and, and we're past that now which is great and we're looking at feet and you know vaccinations and what we can do and starting even to think about a work program for some of them and and um, yeah that brings us to Willow yes Willow we're, we're gonna put some photos up um, of Willow uh, a uh, six-year-old Palomino paint mare. yeah beautiful mare beautiful mare and uh, she was one of the chosen ones so she wasn't really really thin uh, her feet weren't right and um, and so she has those kind of low heels and soft heels and her toe grew out in front. And so she was just getting herself, she was almost ready to get working and we thought she's not handling her feet right. So we had Cody come out and he put, you know, gave her a proper trim, but he had to kind of get her upright and stand her up with those little casts. And then we wondered, is this gonna be a problem? And we have people interested in her, but we have to have disclosure. Here's what's going on. Here's what she, you know, she is a, a broke riding horse. She was a good riding horse. English and Western? Yes, both. Yes both and good trail horse and not marish like truly truly not marish nice mare and and not a loud personality kind of quiet but really pretty you know like one of those horses you probably could ride sporadically and get away with it you know that's who she is and we just instead of putting the cast or refixing the cast we put shoes on her and a leather pad and she's really quite good right now so she really is probably ready to monitor those feet and watch them i don't think she's mm. foundered or laminitic at all but her a wrong trim can put them in a situation yes. where they everything's wrong yes and you just walk in a pair of wrong shoes yourself for a day and nothing's yes. fun Much I've done it yeah <laughs> I've walked around the Kentucky Derby and didn't realize until 30 minutes into the day that this new pair of shoes was absolutely killing me and thought I gotta walk around in these things all day and then I've learned now to carry these fold-up flat shoes that you can mm -hmm. change into 
but yeah, I've walked around at the Derby in uncomfortable shoes for a bit. And, and it wrecks and, the day. And it wrecks the day and it wrecks yeah. you for days after. And even the next day when you put your nice, flat, comfortable boots on, you're like, my feet are still so killing imagine me. Imagine yes. a horse for, yes. you know, maybe six, eight weeks, two months, that their feet are wrong and so they can't really find a way to get comfortable and you can't make huge adjustments on trimming no, or whatever. It has to be gentle yeah. and easy because if it's drastic, it can cause more problems. So does the farrier think in the future that she's Oh, we think be, she'll be fine. Probably be next fine. shoeing um, that she'll she'll get right, Good. and that she'll be fine. And we had one more frosty who people know she's quite third row one. She's also got that same exact slope to her foot, and so she got the cast on today. So we're now getting to talk about what's next and how do we make them into riding horses. And we've had some adopted out. Um, actually, I think there's six or seven from the boneyard yeah. that people have spoken for. Yes. And everybody, it's like... Preacher, I saw. Preacher, Preacher. Well, and yeah. Denver, Mr. Accidentally Denver, got yeah. dragged by the truck. Yeah. You know that? It was like, oh, Lori, friend of ours. And um, he took a horse, actually, sadly, that had been tied up to a tree and dogs attacked it. Oh. And he was not going to be usable, but sweetest soul ever. And we had him there and we're progressive rescue. And she said, you know what? I'll take him. And then just like accidentally dragged by the truck, not quite right. She's like, I'll take him. I'm like, what the heck? You know, that's perfect. And then she came out and, and Preacher might work for her husband as a riding horse. And so she's, you know, she's got a few that are just going to be out on her acreage. But she's also taking Cash because she fell in love with her. Aww. So that's lovely because Cash is sweet and possibly Eddie's mom. Oh, really? Possibly Eddie's mom. Yeah, because they said he was a quarter horse cross. She is a quarter horse. He could be like a quarter horse Pasofino cross, but, you know, jury's out on that. But he looks so much like her, and they're so at ease with each other. And I've got pictures of them together, and you're like, that is a mother and son, for sure. So that's something. You know, interestingly enough, uh, I, you know, my horse is 34, has been with me for 26 years. And when I got him, you know, they told me he was a Tennessee walker, and he does the running walk, and, and he's gated, and he looks like a Tennessee walker. So I said, he's a Tennessee walker. Well, I recently heard that the Texas A&M University, if you pull the main with some DNA attached mm -hmm. to it, and send it in with $45, they will tell you what your horse is. So I did it because I was like, you know what? I kind of like to know like what he is. So he is Tennessee Walker, but he has some um, um, Rocky Mountain horse and some Missouri Foxtrotter in there as well. So interestingly, for $45, if you don't know what your horse is and you have a rescue or a, or a pasture a pet, so if you adopt out some horses, and, and the people say, oh, I'd really like to know what he is, and we don't know, then you can tell them. Texas A&M University, $45, send the main in, and they'll, the more you know, obviously, the better. Like, if you think you know any lineage, then you can share it with them. But if you don't, you just send it in, and they'll tell you what your horse is. That's a great from. idea, and that's a, it's not that big of an investment no, to know, especially for training or, yeah. like, Eddie's too young to get started under saddle, but somebody's going to want to know, is he going to be gated? And a lot of gated horses aren't gated until you, you're riding them. Right. A lot of the Pasifinas will trot and walk around mm -hmm. or canter, but you get on them and they're not going they're to right. do that at all. Okay. And, and so that's why it's a little bit hard to tell with Eddie. And he's grown. I mean, in that short time, he's grown. We've had them six weeks. He's grown two inches in it's height. incredible. Yeah, that's something. And that's why they're like, well, Eddie's still a little bit thin. I'm like, but he grew. He's probably been waiting to grow to yes. have enough calories to, to do to anything. To shoot up. Yeah. yeah. And so he has. And, and uh yeah, he's a little charmer, and he's he's a really fun, cute little guy, and and he's he's everybody's pet too, and he kind of knows it. So he's like little Lord Fauntleroy out there. <laughs> Just how long have the... you been rescuing horses? 
Well, I mean, in some fashion, you know, interested in it all the time, but a serious rescue since 2017 when we got our 501c3 status. And then a couple of years before that, researching and, and visiting rescues and figuring out, like, if I did this, how, how to do it the best I could. So, yeah. so before we wrap up, we've just got a couple of minutes left. Tell us about your your big show in, in December. Holiday show, good the thing. Holiday I, show. I would have forgotten. Uh, December 4th, 5th and 6th at Canterbury, which is now owned by the county, I think. And so we're going to do our holiday show, which is a benefit for Horses Without Humans. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, a, it's a live theater production. It's a story on horseback, orphans, a guardian angel, a snow queen, all sorts of magical costumes, great music. And um, it's a proven show, so we're not winging it. Uh, first time we've done it here in Florida. But I would say that you would not be disappointed to come and see that show. And it's a great family event. And you could not even like horses and still love the show. How could you not like horses? Well, yeah, exactly. But and why would you listen to this show if you don't like horses? So, okay, forget that. But tell your friends that maybe don't, and maybe they will like horses if they yes. came and saw it. And, and it's a benefit. I mean, everybody is going out. Uh, Michael Gascon, who you'll probably have on the show at some point, um, he's going to be our villain. And uh, Kirsten Main, who's a friend of mine that worked at the Dinner Theater, Grand Prix Rider, she'll be our uh, toy soldier. Um, and with her, one of her horses, one of her Grand Prix horses, and then we have our family in there, and um, and then a lot of people in the ballroom scene, including yours truly, if you can get yourself dolled up. So that should be fun. <laughs> I'll get myself dolled up. I will on I a know. horse. It will be so fun. You'll be so sorry if you don't. So. I know I'm going to do it. Okay, oh, at I'm least one of the days. I'll get you in there, even if you have to do something one day. We've got to get oh, you in and practice, um, and I will have you a good horse. You don't even have to worry about it. I'm going to do it. All right. I'm excited about it. There'll be some practicing involved. Some practicing. I'll put you in a follow spot, though, so you don't have to. You'll be just follow the leader. I can handle it. All the way through. I can handle it. we got to wrap this up. I want to thank uh, Yvonne Bateau for joining me this week for Horses uh, Without Humans. And I'm going to just put the website up really quick here at the end of the show um, so that you can find her uh, and and find these wonderful rescue horses um, that she saved. That is horseswithouthumans.org. You can find them on the web. You can also find them on Facebook. And they regularly share lovely little videos uh, visiting with these incredible horses. Um, that they've rescued and and just recently the 19 boneyard horses that are doing so well it's such a great story such a labor of love and um, i think it's wonderful that uh, yvonne and her team jen and the others doing such a phenomenal job thank you for joining us for the show this week whether you are in the horse capital of the world ocala marion county florida or not happy horsing around until the same time next week